We're covering some of our seven style pieces. Anyone know the seven buckets that we say most of life can fit into? We, it's how we come to have seven style. Anyone who did boot camp can probably rattle them off. So what's our first one? Identity. God wired. Moments. Stuff, which is what? Time, talent, treasure. What's, what's number five? took our kids the longest. I was like, come on, dude. No, we did that one. Got share, social network, health. Who got the hard one? Yes, health. So um, as you've been, as you think about when you're sitting in and you're listening to these speakers, you know, they may not come right out. I mean, he said identity about 50 times last night. So hopefully you caught that one. But, um, you know, some of them, it's not quite as obvious. And um, I would love for you guys to be jotting down while you're listening to these speakers what you're thinking about when you hear that. Like, what part of your life do you see that fitting into? How do you see God using that information that you're hearing and making it um, gel with life? So um, my friend Kathy is going to be speaking now. And um, I want you to kind of be thinking about when you hear what she says, she might actually um, give you the word more specifically too, that fall, which bucket it falls into. But I want you to just be thinking about um, there's overlap with all of these, and you're probably finding that. Um, we've heard you know, identity and God-wired in the same message, because those just, man, like, we find our identity when we find how God's built us, and, you know, they just kind of weave together. Moments is kind of woven into all of them. Um, but as you're listening to her, I just challenge you to be thinking about, what does this mean for me? How do I apply this to my life, to my um, circle of friends, to my home life, and all of that? And... Um, we're going to turn it right over to Kathy now. Let's thank Kathy for being here. You're on. I'm on. Well, let me see. Hi, guys. Um, yep, you're on. I am. Okay. Joe's going to get you on. Hold on. So I am so excited um, to talk to you guys. So I'm a therapist um, at Chicago Christian Counseling Center, and I'm going to talk about the health piece, but it does actually fall into so many other categories, um, identity and how God wired us, because we're emotional beings, you know? Um, and then also moments. So let me just check in with everybody right now. I want to hear, how are you feeling? Tired. Tired? Tired. Oh. Is it Happy? Excited? Awesome. How you doing? Oh my God. Good. I heard fantastic. Good. You guys are so, um, you're so on target because you wouldn't believe how many times I ask people, how are you feeling or how you're doing? And I get fine, which is not a feeling, you know? So everybody has a little handout of um, some feelings. There's um, a bunch of different words. There's so many more, but you can just kind of throw that in your journal. Um, feel free to reflect on it um, at different times because I find sometimes it's really hard to put a feeling to words. Um, how are you feeling? Sometimes it's, you're just not sure. Um, and it's important to describe your feelings. I'm going to actually define... Um, a feeling according to the dictionary, and then I'm going to ask us to kind of reflect on that. So a feeling is an emotional state or a reaction to something. So an emotion is a natural, instinctive state of mind. So it's something that just, um, it comes, we don't plan it, we don't schedule it, we can't make it happen. It's an instinct. It just comes on us. It's a state of mind. It comes from one's circumstances, mood, relationships, um, with other people, with what's going on in life. 
And a mood is not a feeling. A mood is sort of a, a state that you're in for a little while. It could be for a few minutes, to a few hours, to a few days, to a few months. And so a mood is where you get things like, I'm in a depressed mood, I'm in an anxious mood, I'm in, I'm, I'm in a manic mood. So excited, I don't need to sleep, I'm drinking so much coffee, right? Shopping, shopping. <laughs> uh, so the feeling is different from reasoning and logic. And so I think that's really important is because we have this feeling brain and a thought brain. And some of us are going to be more, um, perhaps God-wired, to being emotionally driven, to being thought-driven. And neither is right or wrong, it just is. Um, I didn't really plan this, but I would say David in the Bible was probably emotion-driven. I mean, he's all over the place, you know? Um, and let's say maybe Solomon, who's the wise guy, is perhaps more thought-driven, knowledge, reasoning. So a feeling is separated from that logic, thoughtful piece. It's also subjective, okay? Everybody has a different one. Subjective means um, it is according to me. You can't tell me that what I'm feeling is right or wrong because I just am. Um, I'm just feeling that way, you know? And so I think sometimes we hear people talk about things, we say, well, no, that's not, you shouldn't feel bad about that, you should be happy. But the thing is, we all come from different places, we have different things that have happened to us, we grew up with different environments, and so how we feel in response to something is completely subjective. And you do have a story about why your feelings matter. Feelings are also typically associated with something in the body. So sometimes I ask people, you know, how are you feeling? And if you can't quite put a word to it, I might say, what are you noticing in your body? You know? For instance, where do you think, uh, where do you feel anger? Anybody? What does your body do with anger? Hot? Tense? Yeah, that's really common is this heat, this overall heat um, that can come with anger. And sometimes you actually will um, have your face turn red, your heart beats fast. How about fear? Heart, chest, sweaty, absolutely. Stomach. What about um, love and joy? Sweat? <laughs> that's some good love. That's some good love. <laughs> so it could be fluttery feelings, you know. You might respond with some of this laughter, you know, for joy. So the body is actually responding to emotions as well. And that might be why sometimes if you talk, to, you, you walk up to someone and you're like, hey, how you doing? They're like, good. And you're like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> that doesn't match, you know. Um, and so what do you notice about all of those, those descriptions of feeling and emotion? They have a yeah, yeah, physical response. Subjective, right? I mean, um, temporary. Yeah. And so one of the most dangerous things I think that we fall into is that we forget that feelings are temporary. A lot of us um, grab hold to emotions or feeling uh, like it's a kite that's totally on mega power turbo and it's taken us. We get into our feelings like we have jumped into a 
roaring rapids of water. And so no longer are we standing on the side of the water watching the, the world. We're in it and we're caught up in it. We're in a tornado. We're in the heart of it. So when we get overwhelmed with sadness, a lot of times we identify with it. You know, when we get overwhelmed with fear, we identify with the anxiety. And one of the things I think is going to be the most freeing um, piece that, that I hope you take away from this, it was incredibly freeing to me when I learned this, is I am not my feeling. You know, like, man, people get really caught up in judging and um, assessing their worth and value because of their feeling. And it is good news to know that you are not your feeling. You really exist separate from your emotions. So just watch your words, right? I could say, I'm sad, which I'm is actually, I am sad. Mm. Would rather not be sad, right? I am angry, you know. I am anger, mm, I don't, but just change those words to, I am having the feeling of sadness. Does it seem different to you? Feels kind of different. Um, I am having the feeling of rage. <sighs> the body's feeling it, I'm having the feeling of rage. I'm having the feeling of depression. I am having the feeling of loneliness. When you do that, you separate yourself from it. And the good news is you really can say, I have an identity that is separate from this feeling. I don't have to get wrapped up and caught in it. Now, we do from time to time. That's normal. What we do with our feeling is going to be more or less effective to what we are trying to accomplish in life. You know? um, if I'm trying to advance in my job, and I get um, angry at an injustice that I think happened, and I tell my boss um, that he can go somewhere and that he's full of something, um, that's not going to help me reach my goal, you know? So it's going to be ineffective. You can do it, that's fine, but just know it's going to move you closer to a goal or a desire or away from it. It happens with our um, depression, our sadness. You know, um, we, people, you know, you can feel the sadness and um, have many different reactions to cry about it, to write about it. Some people self-harm. Some people isolate, withdraw. Some people want to end it all. And so if you actually look and go down deep, you're probably going to find that there's something that you want and how you're going about getting it might be dangerous and not helpful. And sometimes that's hard to figure out. But find the freedom in knowing that you exist separate from your emotion. It might help you share about it too, you know. Um, Joe, will you put the slide up of all the, di the different feelings? Um, so these are just a handful. These are probably the main ones, anger, pain. So the other thing too to know is anger. You may feel like, no, anger doesn't really fit for me. Um, your sheet has lots of different words, but anger can be frustration, um, annoyed. Uh, anger is like an umbrella. Any other thoughts of anger words that are alternatives? Rage, frustrated. That's a really big one, frustrated. I mean, it's a, it's a good word to use. It seems to fit people a lot. 
pain. So pain is like the, um, the relative to depression and sadness and loneliness. Fear, anxiety, nervous, timid, apprehensive, joy, uh, passion, excitement, enthusiasm, desire, love, you know, affection, tenderness, guilt, remorse, regret, shame, uh, worthlessness, failure. So what I want to help you guys um, look at too is that um, all of these feelings, they just, they are, and it's really good to identify them. And I think a great exercise is that any time um, throughout the day, you can ask each other, how are you feeling? And it's an, it might be a little annoying, but it challenges you to actually get in touch and be aware of what's going on, you know? So all of the emotions also have a lesson, like they have a gift for us. They're there to tell us something. So sadness is something that we feel. Sadness says, hey, there's been a loss. Like you've lost something that's really important or someone, and it might have been temporary or permanent. And so sadness is a way to say, um, you know, slow down, reflect on this. You know, um, that's a good thing to do. Sadness can also come when you've wanted something or you expected something to happen or hoped for and you didn't get it, you know. Does, uh, does that seem to fit perhaps some of your experiences when you have felt sad? Yeah. Um, anger. So anger is, comes when you have had some important goal, some kind of a desire that was blocked, threatened, um, assaulted, attacked, when someone that you love or yourself even has been hurt also. Um, Sarah, can you put the, up the anger iceberg? So I love this um, next slide. This is um, the angry iceberg. <laughs> and so what I love about it is anger is what's called a secondary emotion. A lot of times we go at it as if it's the primary thing that you're feeling, but truly if you consider um, what's going on in the moment, you will most likely find that there is something underneath the anger. And that um, under the water is things like embarrassed, annoyed, um, tricked, frustrated. And so when you're noticing anger, it's secondary. Something's usually going on underneath all that. So when you have anger come up, the, the lesson, the, um, the message that it's telling you may be, you know what, you need to um, have a heart-to-heart -heart with somebody and say, you know, hey, listen, this is what, um, this is what happened and it really hurt me or um, I've asked you to do this time and time again and, and you're not following through and I'm angry. Like it's a good thing to be angry. Um, it might require you to readjust your limits. Um, if somebody is um, treating you in a way that um, is not okay, um, it's okay to say, you know, I need to perhaps back away. It, and it might be to end, you know, a relationship. Um, or it could also be, anger can also tell us it's okay to move towards something, um, to, to go at it. You know, there's a just anger and, and a righteous type of anger that says this is not okay, you know. 
again, what you do with the anger is going to be more or less helpful. So um, if you wanted to put a hole in the wall, then your anger can be effective, right? You, you could use a hammer too, or you can like get a contractor, right? But if you wanted to just release that energy and then you're like, oh man, I put a hole in the wall. Not effective. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right, so the, um, another feeling I want to look at, and you could put the um, feelings back up there, just the random ones. Um, fear. So fear tells you that there has been some kind of a threat to yourself or someone you love. Um, it could be a threat to your well-being, a threat to your health. It also can tell you that there's something similar about what's going on right now and something that's happened in your past, something that might have been dangerous or scary from the past. So when that happens, um, you can respond in one or two ways. Maybe you've heard that phrase, it's a fight or flight situation. So anger can cause you to, um, to face the fear, you know, head on. It can also cause you to flight, which would be, I'm going to protect myself, I'm going to back up. You know. So the lesson of it, when anger comes on you, again, it's always good to take a moment and feel your feelings. You know, um, always good to stop, um, take a deep breath. Taking a deep breath, let's all do that really quick. Like, do, do another one. I mean, like, breathe in into the chest, pull into your belly as if there's a balloon in your belly, filling the balloon and letting it out. We do not do a good job of breathing. Like, we are very shallow breathers. But when you're feeling an emotion really strong, your breath is going to help regulate your body. Because if you remember, the emotions um, are subjective and your body physiologically changes. And so you can still feel the feeling, but just take care of your body while you're feeling it, you know? Um, so again, like back to fear. So the lesson of fear might be, okay, be on guard here. Um, proceed with caution and determination. What I, um, what I love about um, the armor of God and um, that the Bible talks about is we have this um, shield of faith and fear can come at us and it might cause us to retreat or, um, or isolate or withdraw, but we can feel the fear we can acknowledge it. And then what I, I also love about this shield of faith thing is um, not just kind of do this thing, you know, to block, but kind of hold it and like, and take a step towards whatever it is that's causing you fear and step towards, you know. Um, if, if it's unfounded, I think that's another big um, piece of the two piece of this puzzle too. Sometimes emotions, especially when it comes to fear, guilt, and shame, they're founded or they're unfounded. So a feeling that's founded is it's, it's actually like le legitimate in the sense of truly um, you have been given um, a, you know, something that is threatening your life or somebody else. You have, ha this experience is reminiscent of something that was dangerous before. So that's founded. And so the thing is either, you know, kind of take a step back, proceed with caution, or, or kind of protect yourself and, and retreat um, with, with wisdom. The next thing we're going to talk about is guilt. So guilt and shame are also founded or unfounded. Guilt says that I have done some kind of behavior that doesn't line up with the moral code. You know, um, Guilt is good for that reason. If you've done something that um, violates um, um, the something, a, a sense of right and wrong, 
You should feel guilt. That's a good thing, you know? And so the lesson says, you know, acknowledge this. Um, seek forgiveness. If you've harmed somebody, um, go to them. Make amends. Do something different. Accept the consequences of the guilt and commit to avoiding that in the future, you know? Um, sometimes we feel guilty because, like, oh, I feel guilty. I, I told this guy that... Um, I didn't want to go with him on this date. I'm so, I feel so guilty. Okay. Did you do something that like violates your moral code here? Mm, nope. So what's the guilt based on? It's, it's unfounded. So that can be really freeing too, is just to ask yourself like, did you really do something wrong here? A lot of times we don't want to feel feelings. You know, we, um, we think that they're bad. We want to push them away. But it's okay to feel them because sometimes you might, found, you might find that they're not based on anything. And so the freedom is to like, let it go, you know, truly. Um, there's freedom too. Shame is, one, is a feeling that says that something um, that you've done is going to cause you to be rejected by somebody that's very important to you, by a group that you truly identify with. So there's something in you that um, would cause yourself to be isolated and completely rejected. Um, I, think that, I, I think that this is a powerful um, emotion because um, just to kind of get like biblical for a second, um, you know, like we had to be reconciled to God, you know, because of our, our state. Like it, it, when, when, when sin came in, like we truly didn't fit into, um, you know, that garden anymore, um, into a place of good standing. But because of our redemption through Christ, because of that reconciliation, like we stand a part of the family of God. Like we stand a part of um, his His love and family. So the good news is, you know, um, you belong. Now, you might still do things, you, you might still engage in a behavior that doesn't line up, and and it's okay because there's, there's uh, help to amend your behavior. You know, I'm constantly in progress, but, but I don't have to feel the sense of worthlessness um, and shame, that, uh, worthlessness and hopelessness that comes with shame. And so a lot of times, um, you know, I'll, I'll challenge people to um, just determine what's your shame based on. You know, and a lot of times it's, there's a need to say, hey, listen, you have worth and value, you know, um, and that, that can be incredibly freeing. Uh, let's see. Oh, then, then the third slide. So this is something, too, that um, if you guys, um, Sarah, could you put on the, um, the slide that's like a... Mm, yeah. So this is how um, this is this is how feelings kind of develop. So usually there's some kind of an event that happens. Um, that's the uh, the lightning bolt thing. So some kind of situation happens, and when it does, we make something up in our head. We have a thought about that. Um, our body then responds. Um, not only does something go on in our brain, neuropsychology is fascinating people um, to really look at like what, it, what happens in the brain when we uh, take a drug, when we fall in love, when we get angry. So our body, our brain responds and then our body responds. So it might be, 
Our heart rate quickens, our breathing is shallow, our body temperature changes, we sweat, our blood pressure changes. So we have this physiological response. And then that causes some kind of an urge in us and an action. And then the emotion is there. And a lot of times what I think we do is we say, this event happens and then this emotion happens. But really, if you could like slow this down and like pull it out like Laffy Taffy, you're gonna find like there's a whole bunch of steps in the middle that perhaps you missed. Um, if you're feeling an emotion really strongly, it could be really good to like take it through this uh, grid, if you will. I think the most challenging part is identifying like what's going on in that thought bubble. You know, um, when, uh, let's see, when I was uh, approached to talk about this, um, I was nervous, you know, like uh, excited but nervous. Well, there is a lot going on between that, you know, and so if I really um, sat with that feeling, now if my fear and nervousness, um, which it could have and, and actually almost did cause me to say, no, I'm not going to do it, you know, um, it's, is it gonna ruin my life? No, you know? But for me, with like my calling and what I think God um, wants and, and his giftings for me, yeah, it, it could hurt that process. So when I actually sit with that fear and nervousness and I say, okay, what's going on here? I get a chance to say, to look inside my, um, to, to really consider, okay, what is it that I'm telling myself? What am I making up about this situation? Um, and truly, it probably has something to do um, with, I'm, I'm not good enough, I won't know what to say, they're gonna think I'm ridiculous, you know? And so those are thoughts. Again, not right or wrong, they just are. They come at us um, without any warning. Now, my urge, <laughs> was to back away and say, find somebody else, you know? But, um, and, and actually my action in that moment, all of this stuff happens in a moment, you know? Um, my action was, uh, I actually referred somebody else, you know, to do this. But the good news is about um, any kind of a moment where we're feeling something, when you take a minute and kind of sit with it and look at it, you can make changes and adjustments. You know, and so even if my urge was to back away, my action was to um, to sit with it, to uh, allow myself to be challenged, and to approach it <laughs> one step at a time, and and walk towards that fear. You know, so this can be um, something that is is really enlightening, um, especially when you think about for you, what is your urge in action when you have a really strong feeling. Um, just, just kind of think about it, you know. Um, a feeling that is, is so strong, I mean, it is taking over your, your body, you know. What's the urge and what do you do with it? Um, some of us cry, some of us get this look on our face um, some of us pace, we do, you know, this is all action, you know. Some of us yell, swear, run away, shut down, isolate. Um, so again, it's a chance to sort of think about, okay, for me to be, um, to take care of myself, to be in a place of health, like, let me just get in touch with what are some of the feelings I feel a lot. What do I make up about those feelings and what do I do with them? 
because it's, they're good, they're, it's lessons, it's data for you. The last thing I'm gonna share with you, which I think can be really freeing, is that when you're having um, a feeling, give yourself a chance to feel it and let it go. To watch it as if it's a cloud in the sky. To watch it as if it's a bird um, floating. To watch it as if it's uh, words kind of moving across the screen. It can be hard to do when a feeling is incredibly strong and you're used to letting it overtake you, but the truth is it will come and go if you let yourself feel it. Um, thoughts can be the same way. Right? A thought can come in our mind. We don't have to act on it. We can take it captive and bring it to Christ. We can take it captive and talk to somebody we trust about it. Hey man, this is what's going on in my head. Help me sort through this. We could take it and, and write it down and just sort of analyze it for validity. Is it true? You know? And then we can do something with it. So I have um, some questions that I gave your small group leaders for you guys just to kind of reflect on in regards to feelings and emotions. Um, does anybody have like a burning thought or a, a question, um, a comment? Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me share this with you. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so feel, feel your feelings and, and just don't make a mess of it all. And if you do, that's all right. You clean it up. Thanks, Kathy. So, I, real quick, before you, you guys take off, I got a, just a quick question for you as I was listening. So, one of the things that you said was, you know, I think this might be go going through some of, some of our minds. One of the things that you said was, like, because of, you know, what Jesus did and his sacrifice, we now have that good standing, that right standing with God, but sometimes our behavior doesn't line up with that, and that's when the guilt and the shame comes in. Mm -hmm. But it's okay, because there's help for that. There's, you know, there's groups like this, there's mm -hmm. coaches, there's mm -hmm. pastors. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're struggling with a, a behavior that does not line up and we're not proud of, mm -hmm. I think the phrase, but it's okay, becomes a question mark maybe for me mm -hmm. if I'm a student or if I'm Joe, mm -hmm. that what's our responsibility to that and how do we help get out of that tailspin? Mm -hmm. Like what's our end of mm -hmm. that? Jesus died on the cross, we're, we're in right standing with God, but those behaviors will, will spin out. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on that? I mean, I don't put you on the spot, but yeah. how do, I mean, I know you deal with people all kinds of ages and all kinds of struggles and all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, from the stance that I take, when I meet with people individually, you know, it's, it's not about what I think you should or shouldn't do with your life. It's really, like, it, how are you doing with this? And so a behavior that can get out of control, um, whether it's self-harm or an addiction or, um, you know, a sex or, you know, it's, 
it can be hard to get out of that. And, and hopefully there's a desire to get out of that, you know? And I think sometimes we don't have a desire to get out of that. And it's not to say, you're fine, go ahead, keep doing it. Because the truth is, like, it, it, there's consequences of it. It is not freedom. It is not what God would want for you. Um, and, and it could legitimately be hard. And so I think it's hard to, um, it's, a, it's a risk to, to honestly approach someone and say, man, this is what's going on. Um, it's not good. I need help, you know, with it. And so talking to a, a coach or a counselor or a family or a group, it's, you know, it's accountability for someone to say, you are loved, you're not alone. And really there is such value of one, um, one addict helping another, yeah. <laughs> uh, one sinner helping another, like nothing like it. And so if you find someone that does what you do, um, whether it's porn or um, is, has suicidal thoughts, um, it, and you say, yeah, me too, freeing. Right, but yeah, you you do want to find a way to get out of that. So I like that you kind of like identified like a big piece of it, which is the desire, which we watched a video about discipline, and it kind of spoke to like the idea that a lot of times what changes mm -hmm. us has to come from within. Mm -hmm. We have to really want it, and when we don't want it, then that change doesn't necessarily. It is really hard to make it magically happen. Mm -hmm. So yeah. awesome! Thank you for that. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate you.